welcome to today's episode of Art 101, Artists on the Business of Art. If you're an artist and or have a fantasy about being one professionally, these artists will give you the inside scoop into their lives, careers, and what it's really like to make your living as a fine artist, illustrator, or artisan. Your host is award-winning illustrator and designer, Michael Gibbs. Hi, this is Hope Gibbs. Welcome to Art 101, Artists on the Real World of Art. We're here today in Richmond, Virginia with Matt Woolman, Director of Creative Entrepreneurship in the Virginia Commonwealth University School of the Arts. Hello and welcome to the Incandescent Radio Network, Matt. Hi, happy to be here. Well, we're very glad to have you and to be here at VCU. Uh, the September issue of Being Candescent Magazine is entitled Educating Entrepreneurs, and we couldn't think of a better person to talk about our fine art column than a man who is educating art students on the importance of mastering the art of entrepreneurship. So let's start with talking about VCU's School of the Arts. Tell us about the program, how many kids are here, and what your ultimate goals are. Well, uh, the School of the Arts is uh, one of the largest um, schools of art and design in the country, um, specifically in the public realm. We have about 3,000 students, and uh, incidentally, we're ranked number one as the number one public art and design school in the country by US News and World Report. We've held that ranking for uh, many years now. Um, so we, we take pride in the fact that um, we are um, very much a large well-resourced school within a larger research university. So we have the benefits of um, almost like uh, um, an independent art school within a but with coupled with larger the resources of the larger university in terms of um, other disciplines and um, the resources a research university can provide. Um, and we've we've maintained a strong tradition in educating our students in the various traditional disciplines of the fine arts and design, including painting, craft, sculpture, des graphic design, fashion, and so on and so forth, performing arts, including music and dance. Um, and we've been doing this for many years, uh, since the, well, since the early 1900s, the, the university, VCU, officially formalized in the late 60s. Um, that's when the School of the Arts really uh, expanded and took off. But we, we recognized a few years ago um, we launched a survey of our alumni dating all the way back to the beginning. We, it was a, a deeply rooted survey across all disciplines and across all years of, of graduation. And we asked them a lot of questions about their experience here, um, you know, what they wish they had, what they thought was great, what was not so great. And the outcomes of the survey uh, revealed several things, one of which um, they all had a great education in their disciplines, training, honing their talents, developing skills in the specific arts and design disciplines. A lot of them, however, said they wished they had more experience and exposure to business skills development, specifically how to run your own business after you graduate, how to, how to market and sell your works, how to run a design firm. Um, that was, to us, uh, a good a red flag, but also a great opportunity. We coupled this with, um, in the survey we conducted a couple years ago, this was coming out of a, a pretty large recession that we experienced, you know, starting in 2008, where, you know, a lot of parents of prospective students um, were asking us, okay, my son wants to major in painting, 
but what kind of job opportunities are there out there for them after they graduate? And we, we've always listened to this, but it, those kind of questions increased, um, especially in the last five or so years. So th there was the other flag of employability, of what jobs are there available for students. So we took all this and um, thought, well, our students really need direct exposure to to enhance and complement their creative skills development, they need exposure to developing employability skills, business development skills, um, um, an understanding of how their works function in a larger world of commerce, of exchange. Um, so I uh, had been um, uh, running a similar program in our campus in Qatar starting in 2009 to 2011. And while I was over there, some of this was starting to happen here at BC on, on our main campus in Richmond. And I proposed um, initiating a similar position here in Richmond and calling it um, Director of Creative Entrepreneurship and, and overseeing the development of a creative entrepreneurship program. Not a major, not a degree program per se like we have with our departments, but a program that will serve all the departments, all 15 of our departments in the School of the Arts. So I came back to Richmond um, in 2011 and immediately uh, went to work doing a lot of research, finding out, again, talking to uh, chairs, finding out what they feel their strengths and weaknesses are in their current programs, um, learning from students what they desire. Um, I immediately uh, ran a course called Creative Entrepreneurship that filled up um, and I ran that in fall 2011, and that seemed to be really popular with the students, and it, to me, actually a, a good sign that the students actually want this kind of, they want exposure to this. Um, they want the opportunity to develop their own business and, and learn the skills and the knowledge to do that. Um, and then so fast forward a couple years later, we've launched what we call the Creative Disruption Lab, which is a I guess a, a sexier name for creative entrepreneurship. It kind of helps us focus um, the idea of entrepreneurship into the creative disciplines. It, it presents ourselves with a space. Um, and then with what that really is, is it's less a single program, but what it is is now we call it, refer to it as a platform, a platform of three parts. One is um, coursework in entrepreneurship. We've launched a series of courses that students can complete um, that will eventually become a, cert a certificate. Uh, we are launching an accelerator, a space where students can test drive their business ideas um, in a safe setting, in an academic setting where they can still learn and be mentored and not have the high risks of launching out in the marketplace. Um, and the third component is, is what we call uh, collaboration or collab for short. And that is where we engage our students as interns to work on projects that, for the most part, we design, but they don't have a neat fit within any specific department or discipline. They're intentionally transdisciplinary or multidisciplinary and not just across the arts and design disciplines but involving other disciplines like computer science business engineering where students have the opportunity and, and also we we purposely um, define these projects ambiguously we give the students just a little bit 
for them to get interest, become interested in, but we kind of give them the charge to go out, clarify the project, identify the problem, do the research, and then come up with solutions, much like what an entrepreneur has to do in the real world. That's absolutely what an entrepreneur has to do. And I love this conversation in this option because my husband is a professional illustrator. And so I've lived through the trials and tribulations and tremendous successes. But it's definitely a business as much as it is an art. And then my daughter is starting, clearly, um, here at VCU Arts in a couple of weeks uh, as a freshman. So we're very excited to learn about the fact that you are training entrepreneurs or training artists to be entrepreneurs because why would you spend this kind of money sending your kid out? there without any hope for a career that they can su support themselves, right? So I think that not just the recession, but parents are pretty savvy about making sure that their kids go in a They want them to live their passions, but they also want them to be able to support themselves. That is the goal of sending them to college, right? So tell us a little bit more about this incredible entrepreneur program. So you started it about a year ago, and you're officially launching this year. What are some of your big, big goals? Those three programs you outlined are really fascinating. I love just how you're giving them real-world experience. So what's your big long-term goal for this program? Well, I'd say the the, the large long-term goal is to uh, transform what we think is higher education. Higher education has, has gone down a path for hundreds and hundreds of years, a very uh, narrow path, and what we'd like to do is upend that. You know, we want to provide the best of what a university can provide our students, but also connect them more closely with the real world that they will be experiencing after they graduate. You know, the, we still have the notion of the university time has, or an undergraduate term is four years. Um, that to me is becoming a little bit outmoded. And yes, there's the time for four years for the student to develop and grow culturally, socially, intellectually, to challenge oneself, to expand one's horizons. Um, but that doesn't mean they need to be separated from what is happening in the real world. And so the big goal is to engage our students with real world thinking right off the bat, right from day one in Art Foundation, which is the first year uh, program that our students go through. Um, and engage them as individuals who have ideas and who can contribute to society even at the age of 18, 19. Um, so that's the big goal is to change higher education. That's a good one. <laughs> so, <laughs> you're right. And I think the time is right. You know, we're, we're experiencing uh, dramatic increases in tuition. Um, universities are challenged with finding resources in places that um, they otherwise would not have had to search because other more expected sources of, of revenue and others are, are drying up. So, um, yeah, the time is right. Now, other goals are I'd like our students to have the confidence to go out and the confidence and the skills to go out and literally create their own jobs, to not be worried about, oh, where will I get a job, but more, you know, I have all these choices to make, where do I go and what choice do I focus on? So to give the students that opportunity to, to literally create their own jobs. Um, and there are many other kind of other goals, you know, I'd love to have, for example, um, 
you know, the next Flickr or the next Instagram be started by students who graduated from VCU Arts. I'd love to have, you know, a, a dozen businesses that go on to become well-known companies every year, you know, launched by VCU Arts students. You know, those are lofty goals, but I think that is quite possible. We have students who, again, they come in to the school because they have talents and skills that are unique, and it's about allowing the students to channel those in ways that um, they might not have expected before they graduated, but then are unique to um, contributing to, to what's out there. That's fabulous. And I love this idea that kids aren't necessarily going and looking for jobs, but they're creating their own companies. One of the biggest issues that we see in the entrepreneurial world is the collaboration crisis. Everyone wants to be the chief, and they can't. No one has all the skills. So I'm excited to hear about how you're going to have these kids collaborate. Um, the other thing I'm loving what I'm hearing is um, we have started the incandescent internship program. In the summer, we have almost eight students. One is a, one is one has been an employee for about a year who was an intern last summer um, working with us. So the idea of pulling in this talent base and really educating them on not just doing their craft and seeing what it looks like in the real world, but learning what it means to work for someone cool, how to use their voice, how to really understand how to master something that they may not have done before. A lot of what we do at the incandescent group is schoolwork, so it's perfect for students, mm -hmm. you know, because we give them an assignment, they read, write, and respond, and have a deadline. So, And also teaching them how to write an invoice, right. track their time, what reasonable amount of time to spend writing a press release or transcribing an interview. Mm -hmm. um, so really giving these kids the opportunity to know what it's like. Drexel has been doing this forever, where they go to school and then they work. I love that model, and I'm, I'm glad to see that where my daughter's going to be going to school um, has that as their sensibility. So let's talk a little bit about these kids, kids who grow up with super creative minds and spirits. Do they push back on have, knowing that they have to be businessmen and women too? Well, um no, I don't. I think it's more that, um, <laughs> quite frankly, our school again being so uh, richly traditional and successful in that way, um, the pushback has a lot of times come from faculty and come from um, those who, in the various departments and disciplines, who view their discipline as sacred and who want their students to hone their craft and go out and, and make names for themselves as artists, which I completely support. Um, but when, when a student wants to veer off that path and pursue something that might be considered more commercial or more business-oriented, um, it's usually on their own initiative, and the pushback you know, has sometimes come from the faculty and, and, and so on. So I think it's more that the students develop the awareness and then it's the culture that they're in, the academic culture that they're in, that creates the barriers. But I will say, with all that, this is you know all kind of you know looking back. I would say now looking forward, especially launching the creative entrepreneurship program, and my getting out and speaking with department chairs and faculty, and just quite frankly, the timing of economic change and other aspects and events that are happening around the world, faculty are becoming aware of the value of entrepreneurship and that it doesn't necessarily mean starting a business 
and making a lot of money and that's all you want to do. It's again, entrepreneurship translates to skills and a mindset and the confidence to go out. And if you want to sell your paintings around the world, the ability to do just that. If you want to launch your own design firm, the confidence and ability to do just that. So we're seeing students actually embrace it and we're seeing a, a change of mindset in the school that is all is for the positive. It's fascinating. I love these millennials. They're this great forest fire that's just upending everything. And I think it's really interesting. Um, and I can, But I can understand how people that grew up wanting to be fine artists and come to VCU to teach it, that they're going to have a hard time letting go of that. And that's always the tension. I know with my husband, he always has this fantasy that he wants to be a fine artist. And he more than definitely could. But it's supporting your family too, right? So it's how do you make money doing what you love and how much are you willing to acquiesce, you know, to move toward what will, you know, to find that balance point. Right. So maybe having that conversation and making that an opportunity as a community of artists will, will help that. So what do you see as the future? What do you think will uh, college will look like going forward? I love the idea that maybe it's not four years. Maybe there is a lot of work in between. Mm -hmm. Like, wouldn't it be great if we were just all lifelong learners? Mm -hmm. And that holding that diploma over your head isn't necessarily, you know, the, the, the keys to the store. Um, so what, what, what are your thoughts on that? Wow. Uh, that's a good question. Um, You know, I, I, I can all, all I can use, answer that is by example. You know, um, there was a student in the graphic design department who, um, well, I can talk about two students. One, um, in graphic design, when, just quickly, the way the, the school works is everybody comes into the School of the Arts through the first year art foundation program. It's a shared experience across the board. And then by the end of their first year, students apply for the department major of their choice or their top three and then they're elected into the, the specific major um, based on entrance criteria and their portfolio and so on. So it isn't until sophomore year that the students enter their major, whether it's graphic design, fashion, painting, and so on. But there was a student in graphic design who literally from day one when they were admitted into graphic design as sophomores, he stepped outside of the university and identified a local design firm that he thought was doing great work that was innovative and he said I want to intern with you uh, yes I'm only a sophomore but I just really want the experience and he was so motivated and so driven and talented um, and committed that this firm took him on as an intern and he stayed with them for the three years the remaining three years of his education and now he's I, he's been graduated for a few years now, and he still works for them. So he's worked his way up while this firm has grown, and they've they've worked with him. So that's a perfect example of someone who has his own initiative to realize the value of the formal setting of a university, but will supplement that with a real-world experience that he's created for himself. You know, and I wish that was more the norm than the, than the, you know, the outside the norm because there are millions of entrepreneurs out there who want talented kids and they're happy to pay them what they can afford and have the kids grow with them. So if this could be more of an, you know, something that was done all the time where universities and entrepreneurs truly did work hand in glove 
that would be great. Let's start a revolution. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, we have the we have the stories of of you know whatever Steve Jobs and others dropping out of school to start their companies and becoming wildly successful. Those are the exceptions to the norm. You know, the ideal is to have the students start the successful companies and stay in school and benefit from both experiences. You know, I've, I had a student uh, in the first year I ran the entrepreneurship course who delayed declaring a major because he wanted the most, he wanted to, f he was trying to find the major that offered him the most flexibility to take the courses he wanted in order to achieve his entrepreneurial goals. So he chose a major that, I don't know, it had the fewest, the, the, the smallest number of required courses and the, the largest number of electives. And so he did that. So it's like students who are literally customizing their education in a formal way just to accommodate their needs. And you know who else did that? John Mackey from Whole Foods. He tells the great story because um, we were interviewing him when he launched Conscious Capitalism, his book. And then we attended the Conscious Capitalism Conference. And he talked repeatedly about the fact that he could, he did, he had to read a class for a book for a class that bored him. And he decided that day he'd never read another book he didn't want to read. Mm -hmm. And then he said, I'll never take another class I don't want to take. Mm -hmm. And I'm never going to do anything I don't really want to do. Yeah. So trying to find that core. And then he took all these liberal arts classes. He never finished. He never had a piece of paper. But then he built, you know, he was such a game changer. Mm -hmm. So kids like that, adults like that, I think that's phenomenal. Let's encourage more of that. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> Where I went to undergraduate a um, long time ago in the late 80s, uh, you could create your own major. And, you know, it's a small liberal arts college. And, you know, and they small liberal arts colleges have in many cases allowed that for a long time. But I think now it's even more vital than ever that larger universities allow that to take place. Create your own major. I mean, that's a great idea. So, Larry, just to finish up, we could talk with you all day, and we will definitely be back um, here talking to you again and hopefully working with VCU Arts and the Disruptive Lab and, and all this amazing programs that you have going on. Um, so what do you envision this program looking like in five years? Um, well, I envision it, um, again, on our website, we want it to ultimately serve as a model for trans for transforming education, transforming higher education. And so we'd like it to be one where other schools of art and design look to um, transform their programs. And um, we want um, a number of success stories. And, um, and not just locally, but nationally and internationally, and uh, increase our focus um, around the world. Well, here's to that. Thank you so much, Matt Woolman. We are here in Richmond with Matt Woolman, Director of Creative Entrepreneurship in the Virginia Commonwealth School of the Arts. We wish you all the best educating entrepreneurs. And you are listening to the Incandescent Radio Network. I am Hope Gibbs, the producer and founder. We will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. That's it for today's episode of Art 101, Artists on the Business of Art, hosted by award-winning illustrator and designer Michael Gibbs. Be sure to check back next week on the Incandescent Radio Network for another interview with an artist in the know. Here's to living your dreams.